because the spring prepares you for the summer. You just don't go from, oh, man, it's 32 degrees, and the next day it's 110. No, the weather slightly changed. It prepares you for the next season. Every season comes to prepare you for the next season. Hello, and welcome to the Building Christian Fellowship podcast. We are very excited that you have decided to tune in today and pray you are blessed by today's message. Turn with me or turn on in your Bibles to the book of Revelations, chapter 3, verse 2. And I know it's the beginning of the year, and you would think in the beginning starts in Genesis, but I'm starting at the end for the beginning of this year, and it seems odd, but I promise you I'm not preaching eschatology or about the end of the world, and I'm not sitting down preaching that you better get your life right because Jesus is coming back at any moment, though it is true. But I'm not going to preach that today. Today, God gave me a word for you that's been in my spirit towards the end of the year, and I'm going to share it with us, and I pray that we will walk out of here encouraged. Amen. Revelations 3, 2, it reads this. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. For I have not found thy works perfect before God. Be watchful. That means look out. Stay aware. And strengthen that which remains that are ready to die. I want you to focus on that. It says strengthen, strengthen that which remains. Okay, before I get all too deep, let me, did I, did I wish you guys Happy New Year yet? Did I, did I? If I didn't, Happy New Year, everybody. 2017, woo! How many of you guys were glad to see 2016 go? Bye! 2016 had a name, her name would be Felicia. Bye, Felicia. How many of you guys were really excited about seeing 2017 get here? New. Everybody likes something new, right? I like new stuff. Yeah, new money. He said new money. But the funny thing is, it's funny how we wait with great hope and expectation for the new year to come in. But at the end of that same year we were waiting for, that hope and expectation turns toward seeing that year end. So you was happy about seeing 2016 get here, but then you were really excited about seeing 2016 go. What happened? Mm-hmm. See, I remember in 2015, the Butcher family, my family, we lost many loved ones. In the summer of 2015, we lost uh, Mrs. Shirley Perkins, a lady that was very dear to our family. Matter of fact, I've known this lady since I was knee-high to a grasshopper. She never missed. Look, I wouldn't even relate it to her. She just loved our family so much. She didn't miss any of my football games, none of my track meets. She was at every one of them. Even if we traveled out of state, she was there. Loved her like an auntie. She was like another mother to me, but she went home to be with the Lord in 2015. Then we lost my Aunt Audrey, which is my mom's youngest sibling, and she passed. She was like another mother, mother to me also. And it really hurt. It just really hurt to see her go. But also, I was wondering about my mom because she is the last of her family left. All her brothers and sisters have gone on to be with the Lord. And here my mom is. She just seems to be by herself. If you guys don't understand that experience, it's like the last Mohican type of feeling. It's like, I'm left. I'm next. And we had to deal with that with my mother. But 
Last but not least, the biggest thing that hurt me in 2015 is the loss. I don't want to say loss because he didn't get lost, but my father, my hero, went home to be with the Lord. And that hurt me really, really bad. Thomas L. Butcher Sr., the man of all men. It hurt me so bad. And then that happened in October. And then we turn around November, the very next month, I had a doctor's appointment. So now, mind you, not only did my dad pass, but he was sick for a long period of time and having to take care of my father and, and do different things. And as he was in the hospital, getting up late at night, going to sit with him until early in the morning and then coming back and sitting with him and doing all these things. When my dad passed, we had to do the funeral and the arrangements. And I'm the one that funeralized my father and did his internment. And then come around, I had a doctor's appointment. Then I go to the doctor in November. And then on top of all that, the doctor looks at me and gives me this. This is what he says. Your heart is crappy. First of all, I worked in the medical field for 18 years. I didn't know crappy was a medical term. It's new to me. I, some, uh, Greek maybe, Latin, I didn't know, but crappy. So my heart is getting worse. I'm like, man, I couldn't wait at November. I was like, man, I just want 2015 to end. I've Nothing but bad stuff has happened to me in 2015. So what happens? 2016 comes with great promise, but just like 2015, after a couple of months, things started happening. Can somebody relate to what I'm talking about? Yeah. Personally, in 2016, we had some major, huge setbacks in our family. The most hurtful thing that happened to us was in July, and that was the unexpected death of my mother-in-law, Mama Betty Davis. Man, watching my wife, who is an only child, go through the loss of her mother and dealing with the pain of seeing my children hurt in ways that I couldn't make them feel better, and then dealing with the arrangements, then dealing with all the affairs, and then dealing with the family, Lord, family. Dealing with all that was enough for me to want 2016 to hurry up and be over. Just that. I was like, man, I'm done with 2016. I want it to go. But as I stand here and reflect about all the losses that we had personally in 2016, there were so many great losses, so many people cut from our lives. It was Mama Betty, Auntie Brenda, Hosea, Yvonne Versinio's parents, Mark, Mark, Mark Jackson's uh, daughter murdered. We had all these deaths ripped and torn from our lives. And then I sit back and I think, 2016, I'm tempted, I am so tempted to allow all the bad things that happened in 2016 to overshadow all the good things that happened in 2016. Now, let's be honest. Now, this ministry, the building, we had a record number of people leave our ministry this year. <laughs> Woo! Now, listen, not just seat warmers, but we had people that were vital to the growth and the strength of what we are and who we are as a ministry. Now, I remember at the beginning of the year last year, after we were getting ready to fast, last year after the fast, God gave me, gave me this word, and he showed me a tree, and he says, I'm, I'm preparing to shake the tree. I was like, man, you 
Let me shake the tree. He says, I'm going to shake the tree. And when I shake the tree, dead leaves are going to fall off. It's like, well, praise God. But he said, in my shaking of the tree, some healthy green leaves are going to fall off too. Now, of course, no one cries over dead leaves. <laughs> but when healthy leaves fall off, that hurts. Amen? But the tendency for us is to focus on what was lost. But then again, I recall the word of the Lord. And he said in John 15, 2, he says this, Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so it may bear more fruit. Let me stop because I want to warn you here real quick because we have a tendency to say when people are cut off, obviously they weren't bearing fruit. We like to use that. Well, they, they weren't bearing fruit anyway. God cut them off. But if you really read the scripture, you don't have to be a, a Bible scholar to read all of it because it says every branch that bears fruit. So you mean to tell me the good branches are getting cut too? All the good things in my life will get pruned? But God says, yeah, I'm pruning it so it will bear more fruit. I like what the Amplify says. Amplify says this, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that continues to bear fruit, he repeatedly, he repeatedly, he repeatedly prunes so that it will bear more fruit, even richer and finer fruit. God says, look, I, look, I'm cutting that which will bear good fruit, but you have to understand, when it comes back, when it grows back, you're going to get Better and finer fruit. Better than the fruit you had before. Oh, let's look at the scripture. Let's look at this scripture with a human perspective, okay? This is how we feel. We say, God, you mean to tell me, after all my hard work, after I nurtured, after I cared for, after I cried over this tree to make it beautiful, flourishing, and fruitful, you mean to tell me you're going to cut some of the branches off? Do you know how it's going to make the tree look? Why would you do that to me, God? I worked hard. I poured my life into this tree. And you're going to tear it up? It's because we're focusing on what we're losing. But let's go back and get a spiritual perspective. This is how all you guys see it. Because you're spiritual. This is what you guys say. God, I already understand that you know way more than I do. And I know you've seen my labor that I put into this tree to make it flourish, to make it fruitful. Even though I'm going to miss the branches that you cut from the tree, I want to thank you for the opportunity and the experience that I had to nurture, to care for, and to cry over. I thank you that you've given me that opportunity to experience this. Thank you. I'm going to miss it. But I have to focus on what remains. Do you guys realize that if, if you picture in your mind, and, and I had a tree here, and it's, it's real bushy, and then I start cutting the branches off, and they all fall to the ground. If I just keep look down and keep looking down at these branches that were cut off, and I'm like, why? Look at the, what's the, they were, they was on a tree. This branch, it was so good. It was, it's got fruit on it. But do you, 
realize that which remains will die because my focus goes from what's there instead of what's here. God says, focus, strengthen that which remains. And it's ready to die. Why is it ready to die? Because you're focusing on what's left. You're focusing on what's pruned. You're focusing on what's gone. You're focusing on what I took out of your life, but I've left you with something that still has a root. Let me pause for a second. I'm, I got to pause. I do. I got to pause. Let's talk about seasons, okay? Not Lowry's, season salts, McCormick's. Let's talk about seasons, Okay, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1, and you can read it through 8, but we'll just stop at 1. It says, to everything there is a season, a time to every purpose under the sun. That means there's seasons. How many people like winter? How many people like summer? How many people like spring? It's funny because these are different seasons. Some seasons you like and some seasons you don't. But you do realize every season is necessary. You can't, you can't have a summer without having a spring. It just doesn't happen. You just can't go from cold to hot. Because the spring prepares you for the summer. You just don't go from, oh, man, it's 32 degrees, and the next day it's 110. No, the weather slightly changed. It prepares you for the next season. Every season comes to prepare you for the next season. Listen, there are People, relationships, jobs, situations, and circumstances that were only meant to be in your life for a season, and their purpose in your life is to prepare you for the next season of finer, greater fruit. Do you realize, do you realize that, now I'm not saying everybody, and you know so many people, so many people in here are married like, oh yeah, I was just married for a season. My next marriage season is on its way. No, 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 no. God is a God of covenant, okay? <laughs> you know, my wife and I talk about, you know, people that are dating and stuff. They're like, look, okay, bail. Don't get married. But then they're married. And they're like, he this and she that. And they'll never. And I'm like, look, y'all need to pray because you made a covenant. And God is a God of covenant. You work it out. Unless you crazy, unless somebody crazy and is abusive. And then we'll talk about that later. But how are you going to hate a season? Because the things that happen, you, you know, like, uh, personally, I like winter a little bit. But for me, I got a tree out front, has leaves. My neighbor has a tree. And it just so happens the wind blows this way. So when all the leaves fall off this tree, they come into my yard. I hate that. And he don't even offer to help me clean up the leaves. But I'm the one that has to do all the work during the winter, so I got to pick up all the leaves. But during the summer, when the leaves are full, it creates shade. It doesn't throw shade on his house. It throws shade on my house. I like the tree in the summertime. You see what I'm saying? But I got to take both seasons. I can't leave one season without the other season. Oh, we get upset because there's seasons in our lives where things are pruned and then we hate that season. And if we keep on hating the season or the year that bad pruning season happens, we're going to go through the year every year focusing on what we lost instead of thanking God for what remains. 
God, I know you done pruned half the leaves off this tree, but I thank you there's still a tree there. God is telling us there are things in our lives that are necessary to be removed if you want to grow. But if you focus on what you lost, you can't receive what's to come. You guys know what expirations dates are? Some things just got expiration dates on them. I'll give you an example. Anybody like milk? Does a body good. So I got milk in the refrigerator. I open up the refrigerator, and I look on the milk, and I'm like, okay, today's January 1st, 2017, and on the milk it says December 28th, 2016. So what's the first thing you do? You got to, yeah. <laughs> you ain't throwing that milk out. You're going to smell that milk first. You don't smell bad. Okay, ain't no chunks in it. Must be good. You use the milk, right? But you know that expiration date's on there for a reason. But watch this. If you go in there and you have an expiration date on that milk and you pick it up and it's like thick like butter, smell like bad feet, you ain't going to use it. Because it's expired. It's only good until the expiration date. But if you end up using it anyway and keep it and hold on to it and you want to use it, you're going to get sick. It's an analogy. You guys catch it? See, there's some things, some situations, some jobs, some people, some circumstances, some relationships that are in your life now that are way past their expiration date, and you just need to let it go. Do you realize if I go home and I open up my refrigerator and I go, spoil milk. Who left the spoiled milk in the refrigerator? Kai, can you believe there's spoiled milk in the refrigerator? Where are the kids? Call the kids down here. Do you guys see the spoiled milk in the refrigerator? And I could sit there for hours and talk about the spoiled milk in the refrigerator with the door open. I can complain about the spoiled milk. In meantime, in between time, because I left the door open and I'm focusing on what went bad, that everything else in my life, in my refrigerator, is going bad too. Because I'm not focusing on it, I'm focusing on what went bad. I'm focusing on what's wrong. I'm focusing on what's expired. Just take it out the refrigerator, close the refrigerator. Guess what? There's more milk at the stove. I said it like that on purpose. At the stove. There's more milk at the store. I think yeah, some of y'all like the stove. 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 Have you guys ever went to the store and bought, bought uh, uh, expired milk? You ever buy something that was expired at the store? And you get all mad at the store. Y'all didn't catch that part. You didn't want to laugh at that. About to expire milk. You come back. Hey, look, I just bought this milk, and it's expired. Oh, I'm sorry, ma'am. I didn't realize that your reading capabilities only happen when you got home. That expiration date was on there before you picked it up. 
It's an analogy. Some of us are grabbing spoiled things and trying to put it into our lives, taking it back home. And then we want to complain about it when everything goes bad. Oh, well, took me a minute to notice you, you weren't even supposed to be in my life. Should have never took that job. Seasons. Seasons. You guys know what a seasonal job is? Okay, right now, the, if you guys didn't know this, most stores hire during the wintertime, during Christmas, for seasonal help. UPS hires, good money, seasonal help, because the workload comes in, so they need just people for the season. Now, it ain't UPS's fault that you get a seasonal job, and when you get the seasonal job, you decide to go out and buy a car. You knew it was seasonal to begin with. Oh, girl, I got a good paying job, man. I'm getting paid. I'm making $25 an hour. It's all good, man. I'm bringing this money in. About to go out and get this brand new 2016 Corvette. I'm going to be rolling. Striking. Yeah. Well, they give it to you now because you can finance a car for 15 years now. You get the car, you all happy, and then guess what happens? February comes around. We really thank you for coming and helping us during this season. Maybe we'll see you next season. It's an analogy. Do you guys realize that that's what we do? We make lifetime commitments based upon seasonal promises. We go, yep, yeah, I'm going to step into this and I, look, look, this is forever. No, it's for a season. And some things you're going to know is for a season. Look, it got quiet. I'll give you a, a, a great example. As a church, we have many people that come in from the armed forces. We know that they have to leave and they have to come back. Paige Watts. Praise God. We miss Paige. Paige was in the military. She came in. We knew we had Paige for a season. Even though we knew we had her for a season, we still poured into her, but we would never put her in a permanent position because we knew that she was only here for a season. And we used her to her full capabilities. It blessed everybody. It blessed her. And then when she left, it was good she was gone. But we knew we had her for a season. But it would be our fault to put her in a position that was permanent when we know she's going to be leaving. And many of us do that in our lives. We don't even wait to see if it's what we're getting or what we're having or what situation we're in are seasonal or permanent. We just automatically make permanent decisions based upon temporary seasonal situations. So I'm going to wrap this up. I'm going to wrap this up in my closing. Come on up. We read Revelations 3, 2. It says, be watchful and strengthen the things which remain. It says, we got to watch and look what we got left instead of focusing so much on what we lost. We lost a lot of things in 2016. I know I did. Do you know I lost my dad? And when I lost my dad, if I would be still focusing on the loss of my father, on my father going home to be with the Lord, I would lose out 
on my relationship with my mother. Because I'm so focused, Dad. I can't believe you're gone, man. But here's my mom who needs me. Look, Dad, I love you, but you're gone now. There's nothing I can do to get you back. I like how David did it, and I think it was 2 Samuel. David, when his son from Bathsheba was sick, he laid down and fasted and pleaded with God. As he was fasting, he laid on his side and he would not eat. And then one day he heard the men, the men come in and begin to speak. Like, who's going to tell him? They're like, I ain't telling him. But he heard him speak and he looked at him. He says, the boy is dead, isn't he? And they said, yes, he's dead. So David got up and he went in and worshiped God. Then he came back and he ate. People looked at him like, David, what are you doing, man? Your son's dead. Shouldn't you still be fasting? He's like, what's that going to do? If I fast, if I pray, is that going to bring him back? David chose to focus on that which remains. Because if he would have focused on the loss of his child, he never would have been able to focus on his relationship with Bathsheba. Then if he couldn't focus on his relationship with Bathsheba, then Solomon never would have been born. He focused and strengthened that which remains. See, if I focus on the job that I lost, I'm going to miss out on my opportunity for the next job. If I focus on the people that left out of my life, I'm going to miss on greater, newer relationships. So we have to focus on what remains. We lost my father. We lost my mother-in-law. But 2016 was good because I gained a father. You guys say, well, what do you mean? When my dad died, I was so hurt. And I remember just walking around and trying to hold everything together because I got my pastor face on. And, you know, I want to look at everybody and go, praise God. You know, he's in a better place. But I'm dying inside. And I remember looking up and seeing Papa. And I looked at Papa and I said, Papa? He goes, huh? I said, you're the only dad I got left. And I didn't really understand it until Mama Betty passed. When Mama Betty passed, God blessed us. Matter of fact, Kaya, God blessed us and prepared us seasons ago when he pruned our house from us the first time. And we were living the way we were living. He was preparing us for the house that we had now to bring us greater and finer fruit because he gave us a house that was going to be able. He saw before we could see it that we would be, need a place with an extra room to be able to have my father-in-law come live with us. And it wasn't a fact that he came to live with us, but God says, I know your biological dad is with me now, and, and I know that your mother-in-law is with me now, but I'm going to give something back to you, John. I'm going to give you a dad again. And he gave me Papa. So 2016 is good. We pruned many members. There were many members pruned here, but 2016 was good because it made room for people like Carlos and Margo to take over the marriage ministry. People left, and it made room for people like the Dunhams to take over I Love My City. It made room for people like Andre and Annette to do the in-reach, outreach ministry. 2016 was good. You know why it was good? Because John and Erica, Ruben and Rio, Nikki and Jake, Edgar and Melinda, Chris and Brittany all got married. 
in 2016. 2016 was a good year. We had many people give their lives to Christ and get baptized. 2016 was a great year because the pruning left room for the Tolberts, for the Jacksons, for the Slappies, for the Polks, for countless other families, new families, to step up and become that finer fruit that God promised us. 2016 was good. So you know what I got to say to 2017? 2017, welcome, but you got your work cut out for you. I'm waiting to see, can you beat 2016? Are you going to be greater than what I just came out of? Because a lot of good things happened to me. Yes, there was pruning. But yes, this is the year of finer fruit. This is the year of greater. This is the year that you, you know what? I'm going to tell you guys, there's people in here right now. You are the finer fruit. God's just waiting for you to be finer. You, right now, you're just the flower. You're the bud on the, on the branch. It's up to you to be fruitful. <laughs> Two thousand sixteen was a great year, and today is your opportunity to start two thousand seventeen to be great, to make two thousand seventeen spectacular, or as Tony Tolbert says, to make two thousand seventeen epic. Thank you for tuning into our podcast today, and if you would like to know more information about our church, please visit thebuildingcf.com or download our app on all major app stores and marketplaces. Once again, thank you and have a blessed day.